At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, the culmination of a 17-game season leaves us with 14 teams remaining. And then, hopefully on February 13th, Michael, the big game will be played in Los Angeles. But can't wait to get it going as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. He's Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata, where I looked up the weather this morning, specifically where you are. Cold, you, cold, thank cold, you, man. Yes, cold. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah, when I got in my car this morning to make this journey over here, it was a uh, uh, balmy 18 degrees. So, yeah, thank you very much. Patrick. That is not, you. and that is going to be and a theme. You know, you know what I always like to do? I always, I keep Minsk on my weather app, you know, like I always check to see where I am compared to what it is in Minsk. And it actually was warmer in Minsk this morning than it is here in Ocean City and <laughs> Atlantic City. So, you know, I'm, I'm moving to Russia tomorrow because it's obviously going to get better weather. I was going to say, is Minsk in Serbia? Is that where? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know Minsk, why. it's going to be even colder. When I was in Cleveland, when I was in Cleveland, I always felt like it was as cold as Minsk, so I just kept That's it. Hilarious. I kept looking at the Minsk weather, and then now it's. I feel like I'm, you know, even though I don't, it's, you know. Anyway, we, we can go uh, hunt the Siberian tiger here. <laughs> Well, if you think it's cold in Atlantic City, Buffalo is going to be colder. As a matter of fact, you know, right before the show started, Stephen Bond, who used to cover the Bills, mentioned that he thought the Bills were practicing indoors this week. This is kind of big news. So they were. Let's go ahead and, go, yeah. and start there. We'll get to the number. But I, I was surprised to hear that. Well, I think what they're looking for is execution, right? They feel like, okay, we're tough enough. We're mentally tough enough. We can endure this weather. So let's just go inside and get perfect execution. The balls will be warm, yada, 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 all that stuff. I think it's challenging. I think, you know, look, the one thing we do know is Josh Allen has struggled. I mean, go back to that Jet game. Really, go back to the Jet game. He did not play well against the Jets. It's a, you know, it's it looks like it's a, a laugher of cover of 17, but it wasn't that way. Considering the Jets only had 43 yards of total offense in the entire game. Right. I mean, that's all they had. And yet Allen made a few plays in the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points. It's a 13-10 game going in the fourth quarter. It's no. a 13-10 game going in the fourth quarter. Weather was a factor. Weather was a factor in the Atlanta game as well. I mean, Atlanta, you know, that, that whole uh, instance of uh, Matt Ryan, you know, getting the, getting the penalty – and, you know, I was fortunate. I had I took I took Buffalo and laid the 14 in the Russo contest, which I won, by the way. Nice. Thank you very much. Oh, you won the whole and thing. I apologize. Oh, nice. Yeah, Good job. I, I, I did. That. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I own. I, I won the Springsteen tickets. Yes. Okay. Now we're in a playoff <laughs> derby, which is uh, somewhat confusing, but it's enjoyable. But anyway, so uh, 
you know, that, that was a closer game, right? Buffalo moved the ball really well in that game. So, uh, you know, I, I just think to me, you know, Buffalo going indoors when they really haven't played well outdoors is somewhat interesting. Yeah, Allen has the second worst completion percentage in freezing game temps over the past 15 seasons. Now, sample size is going to be elevated because of where he plays. couple things yeah. quickly. Let me set up the number four opener for Buffalo up to four and a half. We've got something for you, Michael. If you got your monitor, here's McDermott talking about the balls here. As, as you know, even growing up when you're playing in the backyard and it's cold, I'm sure in, in Buffalo, right, for a lot of people out there, that's the case this time of year, trying to go out there and just play touch football or tackle or whatever, and a ball gets slick because it is so uh, so firm, right? And, and so just trying to make sure, just like anything, that we try to adapt our guys to, to that as much as possible. Gonna, the, bills are sh the Bills are shook. This is, we're hearing a lot about the Bills. We're hearing a lot about Allen. You know, and this is, it's not, it's going to be below zero as far as wind chill, about five when the game kicks off. There's going to be some wind. It's not going to be December, what, 6th, where it was just absolute gale force winds, Michael. But we're hearing a lot out of the Bills camp, and not a lot out of the Patriots camp here. No, well, you won't. I mean, they asked Belichick about the weather, and he said, I was more concerned about the Bills than I am the weather. I mean, look, they, they deal with it in New England. They go outside. This game is going to come down to, when you get into the playoffs, there is such a thin margin, right? There, these playoff games come down to execution, fundamentals, and the ability to string a bunch of good plays together. And you can't obviously turn the ball over. Everybody knows that. But your fundamentals, your techniques, your execution, what you did in practice getting ready for the game really is what's going to matter. And last time they played a home playoff game, the Colts had every opportunity to win that game. Remember, it, even though it wasn't a cold day, the Colts played really well. But Buffalo made a few plays towards the end of the game that got them over the top. Buffalo, you know, Indianapolis decided to not go for it in the in, in, in not, not kick field goals. They went into that go for it on fourth down mode, and, and it ended up costing them. So, I mean, look, Buffalo. Allen can carry his team, though. We know this, right? Allen can carry him. He's going to be the leading rusher today, no doubt. He'll be the leading passer today, no doubt. He will be the difference in the game if Buffalo wins. And New England, in the last time they played him in New England with really good weather, 40-degree weather, he was, the, he was the major factor. They never punted. I mean, Allen converted third downs at a very high rate. They never disrupted the quarterback. They never created a problem in the game. Even though the longest pass play in that game was 28 yards, New England struggled to get control of the line of scrimmage, and Buffalo was the more physical team on that day. Now in the thriller, in the, in the cold, you know, as we go to rematch game three, it's going to come down to who is the more physical team today. Got two games on a Saturday, three on a Sunday, one coming up Monday night in Los Angeles. Remember, the theme is going to be familiarity. And again, these two teams split. Patriots and Bills split, each winning one on the road. You know, and I have to give you the rookie stats. So let's go to Mac. Rookie quarterbacks 0-6 yeah. outright the postseason since 2010, Michael. They're 2-4 and ATS on that stretch. The past three rookie quarterbacks to reach the postseason went 0-3 straight up and 0-3 ATS. He didn't throw the ball in Buffalo. When he did throw the ball in New England, it you know, Buffalo was playing man a lot, and he wasn't effective. What's going to change here for Mac? Well, it was one for 10 on third down. I think what's gonna, what has to change for Mac and for the Patriots is they've got to be better on first down. They've got to be better on first down. And that doesn't mean run the ball to Damian Harris for three yards. That means get some rhythm going, throwing the football. 
be a little bit more aggressive on first down. Take some of the things that Buffalo's going to give them. This will be the third time. Buffalo plays man, yes. They also play quarter coverage, and they also play they play three coverages. They're not hard to figure out, right? Mm. He can't make the mistake like he did against Miami where he sees, he sees it as two trap, and yet he throws it anyway. You know, he had no – in that interception that Xavier Howard got, it was two-trap, meaning that the corner is playing two, but he's really looking at the inside receiver to pick it off. That's called two-trap. So he's playing two-trap, and he saw the guy leaning that way. He should have backed off and thrown the ball the other way. These are all the things why rookie quarterbacks struggle in right. playoff games because they have to make these decisions, and they can't let the ball slip away from them. So, you know, the challenge is on him. He's got to throw the ball with more accuracy. He's got to take advantage of the matchups. He's got to be able to – get the ball out of his hand, and he can't make bad plays. I mean, he can, they can't. If they have 75 plays in the game, they can't have five bad plays. So just to be clear to your original point, it's not overly complex what Mac's going to be seen. It's one of three, right? So it's not it's like not he's be going con- in there. It's not it's Pandora's box opening up in the postseason here. No, it's going to be an over front. He knows that. So it's, it, that's really easy. The front's over. He understands it. And now he goes into what's the coverages. And Josh McDaniels will do a really good job of giving him indicators and giving him the ability to understand where he needs to throw the football and how he needs to throw it. I think they need to be aggressive on first down, throwing the ball. I'm not saying take shots on first down. I'm saying get seven, eight, nine yards, six yards. Get him in a comfortable environment where Buffalo is behind the sticks. The last time they played, Buffalo got a ahead of the sticks, and they're one for 10 on third down. That's not what they need to do. And then conversely, defensively, I mean, New England just can't sit there and take the body punches. I mean, in the last game, New England played very conservative. They kept the ball in front of them. Like I said earlier, the biggest pass play was 28 yards. So they allowed – they really didn't get the ball thrown over their head. However, they never could get control of the game. They never forced Allen into having to overcome a second and 15 like they did the first time they played him. And Allen was deadly on third down, and, and that's really ultimately what cost him the game. Go ahead, Stephen, and throw up the board side in total. I want to take a look at this and rubber match here, Michael. So remember, 14-10 to 10 in Buffalo, and then a stole cold on over in New England, 33-21. to 21. You and I were a little surprised. This feels a little heavy at 44. The weather is going to come in play here, and it's a playoff game. 44 off the 43-and-a-half opener. Yeah, I just don't – you know, I mean, look, people – the players will get used to the cold, right? The cold affects tackling. The cold affects catching the football. Okay, those are two things. The tackling allows points to be scored. Catching the football doesn't. Not catching the ball doesn't. So I'm not sure that cold means the unders in play. Wind could mean the unders in play. Like, I think it, when you look at the weather in Tampa, and I'm not stepping on your toes here because you. you are the meteorologist of the program, the weather in Tampa might lend itself to being more of an under because it's going to be windy and rainy and the ball's going to be slippery and all those things. But in this game, I'm not sure, but I do think the pace of this game, I think the Patriots have to play the pace of the game. I think they've got to do a good job. I think they've got to play a game similar to what they did in Kansas City in the conference championship game, where they went in there and they took their chances, they blitzed, they played zone, they created some negative. Now, the, the Chiefs by the third, fourth quarter kind of wore them down and they got back in the game, but I think that's the style they're going to have to play. You know, it's interesting. New England comes in losing three of four. Buffalo comes in on a four-game win streak. Does it feel like Buffalo's played all that well? It doesn't to me, and certainly towards the end of the season, I don't think Allen's played well at all. No, I think when you look at it, I mean, they played really well against New England. There's no denying that. That's they were fair. the better team that day. They, were the be- they controlled the game. They were the better team. Uh, but after that, I haven't seen it. You know, I have not seen it. I mean, look, Atlanta, that's a closer game than the score. 
And certainly the Jet game was a closer game than the score, especially considering that the Jets did nothing. I mean, the Jets had 43 yards of offense. 43 yards of offense yeah. in the game. Yep. I mean, so, and they're still in the game because of the erratic behavior. Now, you know, Belichick understands what Dayball did to him the last time, so he's going to make the adjustment with the play calls, with how he sets up the defense. And there's a good chance Dayball could be interviewing, Skyping an interview during the second quarter, so maybe we get him distracted <laughs> here. My man's had more interviews than you can count. All right, so that is, we're just getting started. That's the late game tonight. So excited for Saturday football here in the postseason 2022. The early game, Michael. The Raiders headed to Raiders. Cincinnati. And it's going to be oh. cold in Cincinnati as well. There is a lot of Raider love here in town. Does Michael, yep. agree? Does Michael agree? We'll come back and discuss that. Good start to the show as we get going here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're coming back. Vegas, Bengals next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we've got horse racing as well alongside the NFL playoffs today. Now here's the top horse racing plays from Express Bets analyst Jeff Siegel, both from Santa Anita, the great race place. In the first race, Jeff likes a two-horse. Worst Red Sanchez at 9-5 to five on the morning line. Seven, race seven, he has the two. Scary fast smile on top at 7-2. to two. You can bet these races and more using First Bet, the preferred horse betting app of VSIN. Sign up for First Bet right now. You get 10 bucks instantly when you use that code VEGAS1000 for an instant $10 and then up to a $1,000 bonus. Go to vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses for details. Okay, we got you back here as we get going with the postseason. I, we're here, Michael. We are at the postseason. We finally – and I love the layout. You know, the 2-3-1 coming up on Monday with the, with the cap and all, all the betters chasing from the weekend and a great matchup yeah. in L.A. So it's going to be fascinating. And I can tell you as we get into this Vegas and Cincinnati matchup, we've got a bunch of graphics to support it, but there's some, there's some juice for the Raiders here. Yeah, the betters yeah. are taking what they saw Sunday night in an amazingly entertaining game and correlating that with the Raiders are good. <laughs> I'm not so yeah. sure there's a correlation there, but you see the number off the six and a half opener. The Bengals are down to five and a half. 
Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody coming over uh, to, to the Borgata this morning about understanding what, why you win, why you lose, and, and that thin margin, you know, and, and we, even when you win, you can convince yourself that you're really a good team. I mean, this Raider team now, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them, okay? They've won four overtime games, and every one of those overtime games could have gone the other way, okay? They are, they have a, the Brownies have a third and three with very little time left on the clock, and Nick Mullen under center, and they're winning 15 to 14. And Nick, and and you know, much to my chagrin, and all the people who were recommending Cleveland in that game, they decided to run the outside zone and got stuffed and punted back and lost. I mean, you know, because Carlson's so good, they 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 lose a game to Washington on the last second field goal. I mean, their season has been such a thin thin line that I'm not sure they're good enough. I am not sure. And then I add the layer of. Derek Carr playing in cold, Derek Carr playing in a pressurized game where he's going to have to handle the pressure of the front of the of the Bengals, which is the strength of the Bengals' defense, and their ability to create turnovers. To me, it's a hard matchup for the Raiders because even though they played them in the first game and it was close, I thought the Bengals found the, their rhythm later in the game when they went to empty, when they didn't try to force the run, when they threw to run as opposed to run to throw and worked Chase a little bit more in there. Chase didn't really have a big day that day. And these Raider corners in the secondary, to me, are not very good. And, and of the, to me, of all the teams in the tourney, other than Pittsburgh, Vegas is the worst team. It could be decided early, and I say that because Burrow is in the finest form we've seen him. And even during this four-game win streak, you know, Vegas, offensively, they're middle of the pack. It's not like this has been an explosive team, Michael. And this is, you know, Burrow, who's been just tremendous, 70% plus. He leads the league in completion percentage. You see the numbers. We'll throw him up here. I mean, yards per attempt, almost nine, which is awesome. He's been explosive. I got a couple numbers for you quickly from John Ewing over at BetMGM. 72% of the handle on the Bengals, 55% of the bets. Why do I bring that up? Because the number's going the other way, so something's up here. Yeah, but see, like on, this is what's so good about BetMGM's numbers compared to what you and I look at all the time. No one's betting the Bengals on our board. Yep. I mean, no one's betting the Bengals on our board. I mean, we're sitting here with this is why trying to follow the money. It's book specific. To the, yes, yes, you're right. Exactly. You can't make a generalized statement about – I mean, I've learned this over the last three years. I really have. You know, at first I was following the money, and I think, you know, I had a good year one year, and then I had a bad year next year, and now I'm, I've eliminated that from my handicap and because I don't think it's relevant. I was talking to a, a professional guy here before we started, and, and we, I was talking about, you know, is there a huge bet on, on Buffalo? And, and, he you know, syndicate bet, and the guy's like, well, there's a thousand of them out there. Who knows? You know, you just can't predict it. But our board, Cincinnati, has only got 11% of the money. Yeah. And then 11% of the <laughs> yeah. money. I know. I so, know. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's all book specific. And then to me, what I think the reason why, why I think the reason why the, the, the Raiders are getting so much, so much love is this. In the past four seasons, there have been 18 wild card games. The underdog has covered 15 of those 18. Okay. So I think that's one of the things, that's the flavor of the day, right? Since 2003, home favorites of seven or fewer, which would this, this wouldn't apply to Tampa or, New, or, or Kansas City, seven or fewer are 14-28-1 against the spread since 2003. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So I think that's really what's the, the love for the Raiders. Now, my, my handicapping of the game is such that 
I don't see it. I, I can't see Carr playing as well. I see the Raiders have struggled to score points. I know they scored a bunch against the Chargers. They were gifted a sum. But they really didn't make big plays. Renfro, the last time they played the Bengals, wasn't a factor. Last week, Renfro wasn't a factor. Waller was a factor the first time they played. And the Bengals have to do a better job on that. Give the Raiders credit and give Bisaccia credit because by any measure, DVOA-wise, they're middle-of-the-pack offense, a little bit below. They're middle-of-the-pack defense. What they do is they have the edges. So you look for Crosby and Ngakwe to get off the edge and do something here, right? But this is – I mentioned Burrow, Michael. How about this? Over his past four, he's completing over 75%. He's got 11 touchdowns, no picks and a QB rating that's off the charts. Like, this is a team that hasn't won a playoff game in 31 years, and the Bengals that's really coming into this as good as they possibly can. No doubt, and I think when you go back and watch that first game, when you study that first game's tape and you see when they went into spread formations, when they kind of forced the Raiders into more of a, a, a kind of zone and – Burrow got the ball out of his hand quickly, i.e. much like Billy O'Brien did with Alabama when they first played Georgia, right? All of a sudden, they were able to make some plays. And I think that's kind of how they have to approach this game. I'm not saying they're going to throw it 70 times. They're not. But to keep Burrow safe, they've got to be able to win first down. They've got to be able to stay out of those third and long. They can't protect well enough up front. We know that's the weakness of this team. But this team has the ability to make plays and strike from anywhere on the field. What they did to Kansas City is remarkable. And they can win against man-to-man coverage even when they're covered. I mean, the Raiders' corners, Faison's taller. But when you look at Hayward, Hayward has a hard time. How's he going to match up to Higgins? How's he going to match up to Boyd? Boyd's in the slot anyway. But how's he going to match up to, to, to Chase? These receivers are great jump ball receivers, and they get the ball. And Burrow has got a rhythm with them, and I just think it's going to be really hard for him. It's not a great red zone defense for the Raiders either. I, again, even if you look over the last five for the Raiders, they're giving up points. And this is a, de- and this is a rested Cincinnati team. Let's go to Passaccia. You know, it's going to be below freezing in Cincinnati as well. You're going to have 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, so it shouldn't play hugely into it. But, of course, the Raiders here practice indoors in Vegas. And here's the head coach of the Raiders talking about the weather. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the same for both teams. So, I, you know, um, I just feel like they'll, they're, they're prepared uh, physically to do their job and, and uh, they'll get a feel for what it's like in pregame. I think we've, we've played in Cleveland and the last couple of years the weather has been great. And uh, so I think they'll do a good job in pregame and getting a feel for the weather, the wind, the field conditions, whatever they are, and they'll be expected to go out there and play well. I told you too, Michael, I was there where I was sitting for the Raiders-Chargers game was was by the Raiders bench. I don't know if he's going to be a head coach, but he certainly has a presence. The, the team really rallies around him. He's still very focused, Basaccia, on special teams. He's there, there was a good vibe on the sideline is what I'm trying to say with this yeah, Raiders. No, I mean, look, I mean, look, anytime you overcome, I mean, the first two, the first three games of the season, two of them went to overtime. I mean, they've had built some, some really some tough – tough mental toughness over being resourceful to win these games, to come back and win these overtime games. I mean, it's not by luck, right? You didn't win them by luck. I mean, the the Ravens opening game, that was fortunate. Then they come back and beat Miami in overtime. I mean, that builds being able to find way to close out winning close games. I mean, the Raiders actually are better at winning close games than the Buffalo Bills are. They really are. That's right. Buffalo, when they get into a one-score game, they're not as good. You know, Raiders, they're used to these one-score games. But can the Raiders score enough? 
Can they score enough? Now, I know they have Waller back, but can they score enough? Can they be explosive? That, to me, is the question. I mean, I know they scored 23 points in Indianapolis. I don't trust Carr in cold weather. I really don't. Historically, he has not been good. I'm sorry to interrupt you. He has not his numbers historically in cold weather. Not good for Derek Carr. No, and I think you have to practice in it. I think Rich is wrong. I think that, you know, it's not the same for both teams because they're used to it. Your body, you, you have right. to focus and concentrate and block out the cold, how cold you are. I mean, watch the Raiders huddle around those heaters. Hey, as a dude that moved away from Michigan years ago, when I go back there, it ain't the same. I'm t- my blood, no. and it's, my been blood chi- it's been chilly here in Vegas. I mean, they could, but they, they have a beautiful uh, indoor facility. They, they've been practicing indoors. I mean, that's because they're a West Coast team. They want perfect practices, right? You know, and that's what they that's what they do. They want execution. But the problem is that execution, when it gets out in the cold, isn't the same. The challenge in this game is going to be, can the Raiders' offensive line, we talk about how bad the Bengals' Raiders' offensive line is, can the Raiders' offensive line block this front? I'm going to give you the three most heavily bet props, and you just pick the one that jump stands out at you. Jamar Chase has scored the touchdown, the first touchdown of the game, plus 650. Jamar Chase has scored an anytime touchdown, minus 115. Or Josh Jacobs, over 16 and a half rush attempts. Which one sounds Josh Jacobs right? over 16 and a He's going to run the ball. They got to run it. They got to run it. They can't throw it all the time. They'll make mistakes. We've got six playoff games. Those are two. Let's get to the numbers next on the other four. It's a Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, pay attention, fellas. Proper grooming requires precision-engineered tools. Not only does a man's sensitive areas require it, but hygiene demands it. Manscaped.com, they said have fun. Manscaped.com has the right tools for the job. The Performance Package 4.0 has skin-safe technology that is precision-engineered for maximum confidence while trimming below the waist. Grooming in the shower has never been easier or creates less mess. Comfortably operate the lawnmower trimmer in wet or dry conditions. Damn. Right now you can get 20% off with the VEASAN code manscaped.com. So again, that's 20% off at manscaped.com with the promo code VEASAN, V-S-I-N. So Lombardi line presented Patrick, by... Yes, oh, please. Patrick. Yes, sir. I think Brent Musburger should have won a Clio for his reading of the Christmas holiday mans, Manscaped uh, commercials. Could you... I, think I didn't hear Clio. it. Could you help me understand how it sounded? Well, it was just the greatest voice of all time. <laughs> the, vo- the voice that we welcome into our living rooms. You are looking live uh, that we love and, and we honor. And it was him just having fun with it. It was tremendous. It's yeah. Clio worthy. I think it's, a, it's the highest achievement you could give. And when you brought that ad back, I was excited. Yeah. I, I, we should always. Welcome to the party, Manscaped. And Stephen Bond's yes. directions for me were, have fun with this. Oh, I will, Stephen. Yes. Thank well, you. We, we do whatever Stephen tells us. <laughs> And, and and his mom is watching, so that's always comfortable. Okay, so we mentioned we'll circle back, obviously, on Vegas and Cincinnati. Yeah. See if these numbers. Uh, oh, Cincinnati, by the way, everybody just went back to six. So that is yeah. that is key. I got I, a one shore offshore book still at five and a half, Michael. But you see it right there. Everybody's gone back to six. That key number. You know, it's funny, and and on a, again. There's 57,000 tickets. I know BetMGM has a different set of numbers, okay? So you have those BetMGM numbers. So right now, as we look at this board, there's 57,000 tickets written up for this game, 247. 51% of those tickets are written for the Raiders. 49% of those tickets are written for the Bengals. 89% of the money 
is on the Raiders, whether it was five and a half or six or six and a half or whatever it is, only 11%, which means the book, if you're on that 89%, you are on the side of the public and the book is going to need the Bengals. But yet the book is telling us they're going to move the number away from the Raiders. You know it'll be interesting? We'll get two books. In just a little bit, we'll get Carl Johnson, find out where in the South and who he's going to need and where the money's coming as far as Vegas, Cincinnati, New England, Buffalo. And then we've got Thomas Gable stopping by in just a little bit as well. So looking forward to that. Well, uh, Thomas has just wrapped up. He's, he, Tom, poor Thomas, he's so uh, involved with, you know, the Eagle money line that it's impossible for him to get away. I hope we can get him on the show today. I really do. How's that our guy doing? Is he, is he all right? He's great. We, yeah, I'm sure he's going to have a tremendous liability as they put down the parade ground as the parade ground comes in you know I mean I'm sure of it well you brought up Philly and we were talking about some of these futures I know nobody I know the books didn't have a ton of liability on the season win total for Philly going over however they did and they make the postseason here they start off in Tampa Bay where the weather is going to be inclement I'll get to that in just a little bit but let me set up the number eight and a half Michael opener for Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's banged up remember here and it's still eight and a half a couple of books are sitting eight why don't we just start here uh overview it's going to rain a lot before the game should clear right. up as the game starts, but going to be windy and could see some more showers during the game as well. You know, this is this. So the first game I think in week six is meaningless. It was a Thursday night game. The Eagles under the direction of Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, they were playing a lot of cover two, soft cover two and playing their, their front never really brought any pressure. And the, and Tom Brady just had, you know, a magnificent day. I think he only threw eight incompletions in the entire game. He threw one interception, but it was kind of at the end of the first half. So, you know, the, and the Bucks were completely healthy. Fournette ran the ball. The Fournette ran the ball effectively. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And then conversely, the Eagles offensively were somewhere in between. They hadn't really declared to become the Oklahoma offense yet. They were trying to run it, but they really didn't want to run it. And they were trying to throw it, but they couldn't throw it. And so they only had 110 yards throwing in the game. They really weren't all the way running as we see now as the best rushing team in, in the NFL. So it was that game to me is somewhat meaningless. Fast forward to tomorrow and what we're going to see is an Eagle team that is healthy, an Eagle team that is playing at a higher level than they did in week six. We're seeing a Buck team that is resourceful, that is still has Tom Brady, they still have Mike Evans, and they still have their offensive line with Gronk, who didn't play in the first game, but they're different. They're not the same team on defense. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul won't go. Maybe Shaq Barrett will go. Levante we don't David. think Devin Wa- Levante David's going to go. So this is going to be a real challenge, I think, for the Bucks. Now, I think the weather effect helps the Bucks. Brady will be fine in the weather. It won't even affect him one bit. It will affect the Eagles. Mesh point on the, on the RPO game. You know, when this is slippery and this ball's wet, that becomes a problem. Footing, speed of the field, which is the things the Eagles rely on to get their run game going. I think that weather could affect them. But I do think this line, especially knowing the numbers, 14 and 28, all that, with, with, with the, the way I set it up in the, last, in the last block in terms of that, I think that that is something that uh, w- would concern me. I think, it's a, I think it's a heavy line. I really do. I lean in terms of Philly in this line. Okay, so Tampa Bay gets a game at home here. Let's go ahead and run Bruce Arians talking about that home field advantage. Oh, I think it's huge when the fans are there. Last year was so different, you know. Right. Uh, But uh, to be able to communicate offensively, defensively, feeding off the crowd noise, and, uh, you know, the crowds have been so great. So, yeah, to me, it's huge. 
So, a couple things, Michael. One, yeah. that vaunted run defense for Tampa hasn't been that the past couple of weeks. That kind of gives right. a little bit of a ju- some juice for Philadelphia. Another yep. thing, Philadelphia, while they, they're – they're not going to be intimidated in the trenches, as you keep on discussing. Offensively, defensively, up front, they've been very good. What they don't do is get to the quarterback. And Brady's had time this year. That seems like something that – now, it's going to be windy, gusts up to 30 miles an hour. It, it just it's, – it's all playing into Philadelphia's hands. You just have the better quarterback. You have the better franchise right now in Tampa Bay and a, a team coming off a Super Bowl. But most of the variables we're discussing are playing into Philly's hands. No doubt. They really are. And, you know, look, we talk about Tampa's run defense, right? And everybody looks at – when everybody looks at run defense, they look at yards, right? Okay, where do you rank in yards allowed? To me, that's the meaningless number. It's yards per attempt is the one you need to look at. They're 15th in that category, hmm. right? So you can run the ball. Most times teams can't run the ball on Tampa more circumstantially than they can because of their, their scheme because they get behind in the game and you can't really run it. You know, I think Philly can run the ball in this game. I think Philly has to control the clock in this game. I think Philly needs to be able to, you know, have the ball 34 minutes, 35 minutes, keep Brady off the field, make Brady feel desperate, you know. But Brady is really good. He's going to go after Steven Nelson. He's going to go after If they try to make this a man game, Brady will win. Brady will, will really have a hard time. If they play it a zone game, Brady will have his throws. So they've got to mix it up a little bit and create some problems. And look, as you said, if they can't get pressure from the, from the rush guys, it's going to be really a hard game for them. They're at the pirate ship this year. Tampa Bay was 5-3 and three to the over. They've scored 30 or more points in six of their last eight outings. They're as healthy as they've been, although still, but you just, you're concerned about those hamstrings, right? I mean, whether it's Fournette or Well, Evans. I don't know if they're healthy. I mean, we don't know if Fournette's going to come back. He hasn't, they haven't activated him yet. I haven't seen it. Maybe they do it today or tomorrow. But, I mean, I, I have, as of January 7th, I have Pierre Paul. He's out for with a shoulder. You know, and, and I think that, you know, when you look at yep. this thing, you know, Evans has got the ham. You know, Sue is, didn't practice this week, but that wasn't injury related. I mean, Sue and Vita Vey really have got to win inside. They've got to be able to win inside. And the Eagle offensive line, remember the first time they played, Lane Johnson didn't play. He was right. having that, you know, he was uncomfortable in that mental, uh, you know, he was having some instability in that area. So uh, for me, I, I think this is a, these are two different teams, two entirely different teams than week six of the season. And, and here's, we talked about Antonio Brown ad nauseum for other factors, but as far as a security blanket, there isn't a better one than Gronk. Outside of that, Brady felt very comfortable with Brown. This is a storyline going into the postseason. He, that, there's a reason he fought so hard for Antonio Brown to be on the team. No doubt. And Antonio Brown caught a touchdown pass the last time they played him. He was a factor in that game. But Gronk wasn't there. O.J. Howard actually had a good game the last time they played. But I think Gronk's a tough matchup for the Eagles' safeties. You know, Gronk's going to be able to, if they want to play two, the ball's going to go to Gronk. If they want to play man, the ball's going to go to Gronk. I mean, Brady's going to rely on Mike Evans and Gronk. I mean, to me, I would, if you want to play a prop, I would play the over on those two players in the game. Because if for, for the Bucks to win, they have to shine the brightest. Now, I brought up the prolific scoring numbers for Tampa Bay because take a look at the total Michael open 49 and a half no surprise here it's dropped because of that weather forecast it's down to 45 and a half I just throw you 45 and a half 46 and your initial reaction is what I mean if it goes over I think the Bucks win but if, if it does go under I think the Eagles have a chance to keep it close into the fourth quarter I mean that's really what you want you want this game to get to the fourth quarter with Brady have the ball last kick a field goal walk off the field 
Okay, and you nailed it. That's a correlative bet there, the favorite to the over. So the Bucks. remember what Michael just said. If it goes over, that looks good for the Bucks. That's good for in-game betting as well. When we come back, that's, uh, that's going to be fascinating to see if it sticks eight and a half right now in a 46 on the total. It's going to be rainy. I mean, it's going to be windy. There's going to be 30-mile-an-hour gusts there, Michael. Yeah, I mean, today is declaration day for the Saturday games. We will actually see who wants to play these games as the line moves a little bit today. Brady will be into it. We know this. Coming back, Carl Johnson's going to join us from the Beau Rivage down in Biloxi. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we've got a special offer for you over at BetMGM. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team scores a touchdown today, tomorrow, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. Remember, regardless of the bet's outcome, you win the cash. You got to use that bonus code VSEN200. VSIN200. Also, when you enjoy the playoffs, you can earn M Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Bonus. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use that bonus code VSIN200. It's paid for in free bets. Got to be 21 years or older. If you have an issue, it's 1 800 Gambler. Michael Lombardi there in a chilly Atlantic City, New Jersey. We just I just saw behind us, Stephen and I were discussing, they were showing Kansas City. Now that's tomorrow, but the snow was coming down. It should clear up by tomorrow, uh, but we're, we're entering that place where weather plays a factor. And as we head down to Biloxi, Mississippi, we'll find out the weather report from old boy Carl Johnson, who joins us now from the Beau Rivage. Hey, Carl, what's cracking, man? Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, it's uh, look, it's 65 degrees here, man. The water's clear. Uh, you know, we got a little overcast, but we're going to get some rain late, later on today. Uh, and they're actually calling for my wife told me this morning. They're actually calling for possible snow down here sometime later on. Uh Oh, you better watch out, Carl. You better bundle up. You, you know, you better drink that hot chocolate or put bourbon in your coffee, whatever you got to do. <laughs> I do too. You're right. He will have some bourbon ready to go. I assure you of that. Um, Now we were talking about some of these numbers being book specific. What's interesting is when we went to bed last night, everybody had Cincinnati five and a half. I got a couple of books moving through six to six and a half. Where are you at the Beau Rivage on Vegas and Cincinnati? Yeah, I just checked it. I mean, we opened it up at six and a half, 48 and a half. 
Uh, I'm having a little problem with my boards this morning, but I wanted to make sure they were updating. I just checked it like two minutes ago. We're still at we're at five and a half and forty eight and a half. So we haven't made that move yet. Gotcha. Okay. See, yeah, Michael, that's the distinction that you were talking about earlier yeah. about all the. It's so yeah. regional now with the, with so many people betting. So it's book specific. Go ahead, Michael. It really is. It really is book specific. And I mean, you know, if, depending on where you are, what the number is. I mean, you know, six and a half to me seemed heavy. Uh, five and a half, I think, is is probably I lean towards Cincinnati in that because I just don't trust the Raiders in these close games. I think it's a it could be a four point game, four point five point game. But as we know, the dogs are really good in this situation. So that's another thing that keeps you in the back of your head. These games typically are close. Yeah, the wild card round the last five years, the dogs fifteen and seven ATS. So and the unders cashed at a sixty four percent rate. Let's go to New England and Buffalo. There, Carl Johnson. I've got four and a half and 44 where are you uh yeah we opened at four and a half 43 and a half and we are exactly where we opened we're at four four and a half and 43 and a half still yeah and where are you what do you need in this game are you are, are you uh are, is the money it's all split right down the middle or are you going to need one side or the other yeah well right now we're getting about uh, 60 percent of the bets are on buffalo and about 65 percent of the money is on the bill so it looks like right now uh, we're going to need the Patriots a little bit, which is good. I, I like the Patriots in this spot. How, yeah. how about the early game? Who are you going to need there with Vegas and Cincinnati? Uh, we're going to need the Raiders. And, and I, look, I like both dogs today. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, uh, 60% of the bets are on the Bengals and so, about 71% of the money so far. Hey, Carl, I want to go off track a little bit here. I know you're down in Biloxi, and, and there's been a lot of speculation through the coaching ranks of people in the league that maybe Sean Payton might just say, you know, I'm going to retire at, at, at some point. Have you heard any of that in the bayou? Uh, no, I haven't, and I, I, I certainly hope that that's not true. I, I haven't heard uh, anything like that. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to my boys in Baton Rouge here in the last few days, but uh, – yeah, no, that's uh, that's first time I'm hearing that. Michael, I'm going to follow yeah, up that, with you. What uh, you got? Any other nuggets on Peyton for me? Well, well, no, it's just that look, there's a lot of people that talk in the National Football League that that are there's a lot of conversation, and, and certainly Sean's not going to get fired. That's not no, the case. I mean, no. he did one of the greatest coaching jobs of all. But I think there is some conversation that maybe he takes a year off, maybe he takes a step back, maybe he doesn't. You know, but I think there's people in the league that are hearing that that I talk to, that other people talk to. I, I'm not the only one who's privy to this information, but it just could be part of the process. I mean, you know, if Twitter was around when Bill Walsh was coaching, they would have thought he was going to retire after every season. So this could be just what happens every single year at the end of the year. You're exhausted. You're looking up at your board. You know you have cap issues. You know you have this. But there is some that, that like it wouldn't surprise me next week if he stayed, and it really wouldn't surprise me if he said, you know, I'm going to take a year off. Speaking of Twitter, you can find old boy on Twitter, Jick Jack Johnson, a must follow. Let's go to Sunday, Philly, Tampa Bay. I got eight and a half and 45 and a half, 46 ish. Where are you there at the Beau Rivage? Yeah, we opened it at eight and a half and 49 and a half, and uh, we're at eight and a half and 45 and a half. You know, that total is weather related, obviously. I mean, this is going to be a. You know, the whole weekend looks like it's going to be weather-related. So, um, yeah, they're calling for uh, uh, heavy heavy storms there today. Uh, I don't know about kickoff, but, uh, yeah, so it, it looks like the totals moved like uh, four points. 
Wow. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, rain and wind really does affect it, right, Carl? I mean, so, and Brady's good in all weather. I mean, Brady, one thing about spending 20 years in New England is you've dealt with every kind of weather from heat to, to cold to snow to rain to sleet to hail, the winter, the, the dreaded winter mix that we get here in New Jersey. So it's going to be how Hertz handles it and the mesh points of all their RPO stuff, how that works out. I, I think that, 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 this weather favors the Bucks. We are going to dive into coming up in just about eight minutes, San Francisco and Dallas. Let's start here with Carl Johnson. It feels, Carl, like everyone is on San Francisco catching the three, yet we haven't seen a ton of movement there. Where are you, where'd you open and where are you sitting? Yeah, we opened at three and 49 and a half. We're at three and 50 and a half. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I got to tell you, this is uh, – I think you're exactly right. I think uh, a lot of people are on San Francisco. And uh, I, I think, remember, we talked about it all year. I think this is one of those games where the odds makers uh, like, like the position with the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys in this spot. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, I don't think you'll see a whole lot of movement with that line, regardless of how much money is going on Frisco today. You, you know, it's funny, you know, Carl, here on our, on our board here, you know, Dallas is not getting any of the money. Everything's on San Francisco, and it's in a line freeze based on the board Patrick and I look at. And I'm with you. I, I have a hard time trying to understand how San Francisco's pass defense can really stop the Cowboys. If the Cowboys block them, I think it really favors Dallas. And I know Dallas, you know, will struggle to stop Kyle Shanahan's running game. But I think that eventually this game will settle down, and I think the Cowboy offense will be the difference. But I think the over's in play, and I definitely like, I definitely like the Cowboys' side here with you. When, when Carl Johnson walks into the book with his Ben Roethlisberger jersey on tomorrow, everybody's <laughs> going to say, what's up? But my guess is you're going to need Pittsburgh tomorrow in the nightcap, Carl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we opened this game uh, 12 and a half, 46 and a half. We're actually right, right there. Also, right now, um, look, I've, I've been, you know, I've listened to you guys a lot, you know, and uh, I, Michael brings up a good point with Ben. Uh, you know, he just can't move. I mean, I, I you know, I think I can move better than Ben, uh, and that's not good. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I uh, can you move better than like Ben before? Hey, Carl, can you move better than Ben before lunch or after lunch? Oh, before lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, before good. I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't do well after lunch. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I like the first half Chiefs here. Uh, seven and a half points. Uh, I've got a little five team, little round robin I'm looking at, and the Chiefs first half is in there. So, anybody listening, that's my one of my favorite bets for the day. And your first half number is seven on the Chiefs or six and a half? Uh, seven. Okay. Hey, you know, Michael, home teams, I, go, home teams in this home teams favored by 10 or more are five and zero against the spread in the history of the wild card round and double digit favorites in the playoffs since 2011 are seven and one against the spread. There it is. And uh, many, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to need a lot of help. This Steeler team. I, I don't think this is going to be a close ball game. Just wanted to quickly yep. get your thoughts on Monday, Arizona and the Rams. This is going to be a lot of catch up there at the Beau Rivage. Uh, whether or not they're trying to chase the Arizona or the Rams, we shall see. It's four and 49 and a half. How about you, Carl? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. And look, I got to tell you, I can't stand Monday night playoff football. Uh, I, I'm just old school conventionalist. I don't understand that you, you play a Monday night and then you're going to short week them probably next week. I, I don't like it. Oof. 
Hey, Michael, did you know that they call Carl hips don't lie down at the Beau Rivage? <laughs> He's got a little wiggle in those hips before lunch. You know he does. You know he does. You know he does. <laughs> oh, boy, Jick Jack Johnson. So on the menu and the cocktail tonight, you got 30 seconds. What are you eating? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm going to drink some gin. Uh, and, and, you know, I've been craving uh, some Thai food. So I think I'm going to get some Patsyu tonight. <laughs> Pat, 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 Spanning the globe. <laughs> Patsyu and some Sapphire. How about oh, that, Car- Carl? We love you, man. Have a, good, have a Thanks, good weekend. Carl. You too, guys. Have a good one. Okay, San Francisco you, and Dallas coming up next year. Patsyu and some Sapphire for Carl Johnson. It's a Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.